Hello friends, pop quiz. What do Gabriela, ACTCIS, PBA, and one Pac-Man have in common? If you answered that these are all party lists in the Philippines, then winner winner, chicken dinner. My name is Enzo, the pod is Two Woke Titos, and this is the party list episode. If you follow me on social media, you know this, this gets my goat all the time and I flip out whenever I read something marginally related to party list shenanigans. I'm gonna spend the better part of 45 minutes trying to answer three fundamental questions. First, what is the party list system as it exists in our fair country? Second, what could possibly go wrong with the party list system? And how is it being abused? Lastly, and most importantly, what can you, as an educated, either first-time or repeat voter, what can you do about all of this? Let's jump in. When I say party list, this is not to be confused with political parties, right? Democrats, Republicans, Lakas and UCD, PDP Laban. I'm talking about sectoral representation. I'm talking about party list congressmen and women. I'm talking about the House of Representatives. On the one hand, you have congressmen and congresswomen who represent districts. Right? So, a congressman or congresswoman from the 1st District of Makati represents that population and as such carries those interests when bills are voted, when budget is being fought over, etc. Et On the other hand, you have representatives who carry the voice of a certain community, poor, marginalized, underrepresented, minorities, certain communities who aren't necessarily geographically bound. They're not from a district per se, but they have similar backgrounds, they have similar interests, in some cases they have similar pains. This is the party list system that we're going to talk about today. It's not new in the sense that we're going to have to go all the way back to 1985 to see how this all came to be. Nor is it unique to us um, in the Philippines. Countries such as Thailand have been practicing this. Let's start at the start. Before we jump into the controversy and before I start to rant, let's answer the question, what is the party list? The year is 1985. The date is December 3. I'm about to read from Batas Pambansa Bilang 881. If you want to follow along, it's fairly easy to find on the interwebs. Just type it into your Google and out it comes. This is the omnibus election code of the Philippines. Needless to say, there were not any elections in 1985. Um, But as early as this uh, omnibus election code, the seeds of party lists are being planted. Pretty interesting read if you have the time, but I'm going to spend a few moments reading directly from Article 3, which is the election of members of the Batasang Pambansa. For those of you who found the article online, you can jump straight away into Section 26. I will read directly. Sectoral representatives. 
there shall be three sectors to be represented in the Batasang Pabansa. Namely, 1. Youth 2. Agricultural labor 3. Industrial labor Whose representatives shall be elected in the manner herein provided? Each sector shall be entitled to four representatives, two of whom shall come from Luzon, one from Visayas, and one from Mindanao. Provided that the youth sector shall be entitled to two additional sectoral representatives who shall be elected from any part of the country. End reading. At this point, it is extremely straightforward. And if this were followed down to the letter, then you'd only really have three kinds of parties uh, in principle. It's also pretty straightforward in terms of how these, rep these representatives are elected. Um, if, if you jump down into sections 28 all the way down, it, it, this omnibus starts to really put the picture together and starts to map out the process. I end here because suffice to say, none of this applied. In which case, we jump now to 1995, the date, March 3rd. For those of you who want to follow, I am about to read from Republic Act Number no. 7941, an act providing for the election of party list representatives through the party list system and appropriating funds, therefore. Again, jump into your browser, uh, super easy to find uh, these Republic documents. A lot of what happens in RA 7941 is pretty close. It, it, it used uh, really close to the omnibus I earlier read. And I'm, what I'm going to read directly from is Section 2. I will now read directly. The state shall promote proportional representation in the election of representatives in the House of Representatives through a party-less system of registered national, regional, and sectoral parties or organizations or coalitions thereof, which will enable Filipino citizens belonging to marginalized and underrepresented sectors, organizations, and parties who lack well-defined political constituencies but who could contribute to the formulation and enactment of appropriate legislation that will benefit the nation as a whole to become members of the House of Representatives. Towards the end, the state shall develop and guarantee a full, free, and open party list system in order to attain the broadcast possible representation of party, sectoral, or group interests in the House of Representatives by enhancing their chances to compete for and win seats in the legislature and shall provide the simplest scheme possible. End reading. Uh, if you read uh, down the article, again, they define terms. They even talk here about how COMELEC can, I guess, disqualify party lists. It's going to go down into how party list representatives can be nominated. It even goes into qualifications, uh, so on and so forth. What's interesting here is this is the first time where it states that 20% of the total congressmen and women should be elected via party list. So as I mentioned earlier, your 80% will come from so-and-so district of Makati, this and, this and that district of Negros, so on and so forth. Um, it also is the first time it invokes Comelec. Um, in, in this case, the Comelec is essentially the watchdog, the check and balance. It invokes the idea that party list should first be registered by Comelec, and it also shows here that upon all of the election and electioneering process, Comelec will ultimately declare the winner. Now, 
you have certain themes which tie together, right? You, you, you get that theme of marginalized and underrepresented. Um, in the earlier document, you hear specifically about youth, you hear specifically about agricultural labor, you hear specifically about industrial labor, one, two, three. Whereas here, it becomes slightly looser. You hear the term underrepresented sectors, organizations, and parties. You hear lacking well-defined political constituencies. And this is the part which I like. The idealist in me enjoys the fact that someone who is not from Makati, who essentially is going to be represented by a congressman from Makati, obviously one of the richer places in this country, will fight for them hard. It, it gives me a sense of justice that, that people will have their voices heard. In reality, that may not always be the case. Why is that, you may ask? Well, we jump ahead to April 5th, 2013. At this point, Comelec, and I mentioned their role in party list, Comelec disqualified 54 party list groups in the elections of that year. The whole thing went to court. Supreme Court had to weigh in. And on April 5th, the Supreme Court ruled that the party list system is not only for marginalized sectors. I repeat, the Supreme Court voted and ruled that the party list system is not just for the marginalized, is not just for youth, industrial, agricultural, is not just for those who lack political constituencies. Their vote, 10, 2, and 1. 10 of the justices voted that political parties do not have to represent the marginalized sector. Now, I'm not reading from any article specifically. You can, again, Google any of this. It, 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 it's public record and it goes out there. But interestingly enough, I will read from a direct quote at the time it was penned by Justice Carpio, who said, and I quote, National parties or organizations and regional parties or organizations do not need to organize along sectoral lines and do not need to represent, quote, any marginalized and underrepresented, end quote, sector. That's Carpio saying that effectively the last part we read and the last, last part we read do not have to happen in practice. For those of you who just said, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? For those of you who are keeping score, the justices, the 10 justices who voted in, in favor of this horse shit were Carpio, De Castro, Brion, Peralta, Bersamin, Del Castillo, Abad, Villarama, Perez, Mendoza, and Leonen. The justices who went against it were the great Maria Lourdes Sereno and Justice Benvenido Reyes, while one other judge uh, was on leave when they voted. So, where do we find ourselves before we wrap this up? As early as 1985, seeds were being planted. In 95, President Rambos signed the Republic Act to make 20% of the House of Representatives sectoral representatives, representing the marginalized, underrepresented minorities. Well, flashing forward no less than eight years later, sorry, 
no less than 18 years later, the Supreme Court reverses that. Just like that, your party list representatives no longer have to come from these sectors. I guess now is a good time to ask the question, well, with the party list system as it is, what the fuck could possibly go wrong? So, say you're a party list. Uh, for example, the two woke Tito's party list. How exactly is it that you get a seat in Congress? Well, you register with the Comelec, as we described. So, we go over, we register two woke Tito's, yada, yada, yada. Remember, we no longer have to represent the youth or industrial labor, agricultural labor, right? We can be the whatever the fuck sector. We're registered, we're good to go. Do we have to have a platform? Maybe. Do we even have to say who our nominees are? No, we just have to say, should we win, we can field one of four representatives. So here we are in elections, and people are voting. And for us to get at least one seat, our two woke Tito's party, what we need to do is win at least 2% of the popular vote. We get that, then one of our representatives jumps in. Now, suppose all of the 2% of the vote winners get in and everyone gets their seats. What happens if two woke Titos is extremely popular and we happen to win 10, 15% of the popular vote? Well, in that case, we get another seat and another seat. I'm being reductive, but since that landmark ruling the Supreme Court, this is how it's been. You register, whatever the fuck you are, whoever the fuck you actually are, you win the popular vote, you get your seat. This is what the fuck is wrong with the party list system. Side story, and I'm not immune to this. In 2002-ish, must have been a sophomore or junior in college, I came across an exhibit, extremely powerful, detailing the atrocities committed against the comfort women by the Japanese. The exhibit was orchestrated by Gabriella, and I sat, and I read, and I listened. And since then, Gabri- Gabriella, Gabriella just had an impact on me. And, and I don't know them. I, I, I don't know the name of their representative. I, I don't fact check. I, 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 I certainly don't uh, check their voting record. But every single time, I voted them in. The name Gabriella means something to me even if the representative Gabriella, the voting record Gabriella, the impact Gabriella, even if I don't know any of that stuff. And that's inherently dangerous. I'm gonna make three points here and I'm going to be reading from some articles. Uh, I'll cite my sources, maybe you can punch them into your little browser and follow along. But there are three things which are inherently fucked up about the party list system as it happens today. First, the names. When you see party lists, they can have pretty straightforward names. For example, Dumper Philippines Taxi Driver Association. So ostensibly, they represent the voice of the taxi drivers, right? Then you can have names such as Bagong Generacion. 
and I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, they could be all old farts or they could all be second or third generation, this and that. Who knows? What's, in, what's increasingly popular is names which pull a reaction across the widest amount of the population. For example, UCPBA, which is the longest, most tenured, most successful sports league in the country, right? Basketball is our national sport, practically. Then you have something like Pac-Man in all its many iterations. Of course, Manny Pacquiao is a national icon. What's inherently problematic, and this is my point number one here, is that because party lists are meant to draw a popular vote, regardless of representative or regardless of platform, they will trade on the name. It became increasingly more complicated because the way the ballot works is that party lists are listed alphabetically. So what do you think party lists are to do? Well, numerical and alphabetical fuckery. So much so that not only was it sufficient to be Pac-Man, but it's even more powerful to be number one Pac-Man because that puts you up on the list. Or it became extremely powerful to have the letter A as the first letter of your party list. So instead of being Provinciano ako, you could be Ang Provinciano then bumping you up on that wall of text. This became such a ridiculous practice that in 2018, the Comelec had to have a raffle just to dictate which party list name went up first on the list. I'm reading from an article from the Philippine Star entitled, Comelec Holds Ballot Placement Raffle for Party List Groups. And I'm quoting here an official who says, and I quote, the, the practice has led in the past to party list groups coming up with all sorts of names starting from the letter A or the numeral 1 in ever more ridiculous attempts to appear high up on that list. This, in turn, tended to trivialize the party list system. End quote. And that's exactly it. It wasn't enough to hide behind an emotionally uh, resonant name. They had to resort to fuckery to come up first on the list. This in itself is a bastardization of the original idea to go back to the poor, the marginalized, underrepresented. This is a clear ploy to play into what's popular because as I had explained, you win 2%, you get your congressman. You win more than 2%, 5%, 6%, 7%, well, gosh, now you have yourself three seats. Speaking of seats, this brings me to point number two. If a party list is popular, they have a chance of not just getting one congressman or woman in, but multiple congressmen or women in. Now, it becomes slightly more sketchy because they don't have to say who are the representatives behind them. In doing so, it makes it perfectly legal for a former congressman or woman who has served many terms before as a district congressman or woman or relatives of current congressmen or women or mayors or senators or spouses thereof, partners, if you will, to run under the party list. In 2019, Rappler had an extremely well-researched uh, article. If you want to find it, it's called List, Political Clans, Powerful Figures Among 2019 Party List Nominees wherein they started to draw connections 
behind uh, the party's representatives and current people in power. Some of the notable names here, my former classmate, Jericho Jonas B. Nugrales, he was a nominee of the PBA party list, as well as his sister, Margarita Ignacia B. Nugrales. Both are of the popular Davao, popular and powerful Davao Nugrales clan, uh, both children of the former Speaker of the House, uh, RIP um, Congressman Nugrales, and both of whom are siblings of sitting Congressman uh, Kaka Nugrales, uh, best known for his good work as the IATF spokesperson prior to Roque. Then you have the Fariñases. So you have Rudis Cesar Fariñas, and then you have Lyra R. Fuester Fariñas, both nominees of the Provinciano Ako party list. So Rudy was the son of the former House Majority Leader, um, Rodolfo Fariñas. Lyra is an in-law, she's a Fuester Fariñas, as the name implies, but her um, but her mother-in-law, essentially the mother of her husband, was the incumbent Lawag mayor, again solidifying that power. Needless to say, the Fariñases hold a, a solid seat of power up in Ilocos, in the district itself, and now by putting two family members into the party list, they actually stood a chance of having even more power in Congress through a second system, the party list system which now sets up an interesting dynamic. So now you have a party list which can actually field more candidates from the same district where their family members, their, party, their, their partners, their spouses are also running, if not already holding office. And now because the rule states that all you need is 2% of the popular nationwide vote, it's extremely possible for a family a clan, a dynasty, to win a seat at Congress through the district and also through the party list. So much so that, again, I'm citing from a Rappler article dated May 24, 2019, entitled, search for it, 2019 party list winners, where their votes come from, citing a couple of party lists whose 2% popular vote came from very, very, very specific regions. In this case, the aforementioned PBA, of the Nograleses, where majority of the votes came from Davao, not the rest of the country. Or, for example, if you want to look at Abang Lingkod, most of these votes came from Negros Occidental. Or Ako Visaya, most of their votes came from Central Visayas. Or even GP, most of their votes coming from Nueva Ecija. It sets up a oddly very weird dynamic where even if, in principle, sectoral representation assumes that majority of the country, remember, Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao, is represented by said sectoral representative. The reality is to win 2% of a vote if you campaign hard enough in a densely populated enough region and get that popular name out as hard enough as you can, you can find your 2%. So, you find a cool name you work really hard to get enough of the popular vote, to get as many seats as possible, guess what happens? If you do it right, pump enough money behind what you're trying to do, 
you're able to manipulate what's supposed to be a sectoral representative system into a power voting bloc. Look no further than the top-notcher at the most recent elections. This is, and if you follow me on social media, I have ranted multiple times about ACTCIS. This is the Anti-Crime and Terrorism Community Involvement and Support Party List, which, geez louise, I had never known existed. They sound like they're super cops or Navy SEALs or whatever. By winning the highest amount of the popular vote, they get three seats. And as such, their nominees, namely Eric Yap, Jocelyn Tulfo, and Rowena Nina Taduran, uh, landed. As early as May 2019, Watchdog Contradaya had already been warning against ACTCIS, notably its ties to President Duterte. The name Tulfo obviously needs no further explanation, and now that uh, Congressman Yap has made his voting record known, well, you don't have to look any further than his sponsorship of the terror law and also the ABS-CBN uh, franchise renewal. So, and this is where I, I'm, I'm exasperated. Let's play this back. First, you have a name. Second, you win at least 2% of the popular vote. Third, you pull together as many party lists who seem different but in fact represent the same group or the same administration or the same larger agenda. Look no further than Mr. Eric Yap. Look no further than the Duterte supermajority voting in Congress. Look no further than certain provincial strongholds, Ilocos, Davao, so on and so forth, who not only have control across the district representatives, but also the party list representatives. It's no surprise then, and this, this brings me to my last point, that party lists, should they want to be successful, have to game the system. In bastardizing this excellent idea to represent the underrepresented. Remember, youth, industrial labor, agricultural labor, that was the original intent of all of this. But because of all of this bullshit going around, well, everyone has to play the game. Which brings me back again to Gabriela. Gabriela is part of the Makabayan bloc, also known as Makabayan Coalition ng Mamayan. What's interesting to me here is that if you look at the Makabayan block, there's actually 12 party lists which make them up. Apart from Gabriela, my favorite, you have Bayan Muna, you have Kabataan, you have Alliance of Concerned Teachers, on and on. All of this was, of course, founded by Saturo Campo way, 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 uh, many, many moons ago. But the idea here is that where once Makabayan was a single party list, they realized that if Makabayan won just 2% of the vote, they would only have one seated congressman or woman. In doing so, they just decided to split up 12 different parties, run 12 different times, in the hope of getting as many 2% popular votes as possible, thereby giving them as big a voting block as possible in Congress. It's a silly idea that something which is supposed to be as straightforward as possible and something with as clear and 
as wholesome an intent as possible has now been bastardized by both the administration and this time the opposition. Who benefits? Who the fuck actually benefits? It's extremely frustrating if you see how these things happen in Congress where voting lines are clear. Either you're with the administration or you're against. And it seems to me, just because of having more money, more influence, more power, that the administration has a far better skill at getting way more party-list congressmen and women into the House than the opposition. If that ever is going to change, I don't see it happening in this next election. Not my intent, and please let me sidestep, not my intent to call out the Nogralises or talk about ACTCIS again. I've done that enough on my social media. I think we have to grapple with how we got here. The idea of sectoral representation is important in an economy and a culture such as ours, right? Not everyone is going to be a Makati, Davao, Ilocos. There's going to be people whose voices need to be heard and whose interests have to be looked out for. For that matter, I 100% think that there is a place for party-list politics. The reality is the way it is practiced today is not the way it was set out many, 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 many years ago. And there are many parties to blame. I don't want to go there today. I suppose the final question is, what can we do about it? Spoiler alert, we're going to get informed, we're going to get involved, and we're going to get organized. So if you have not yet registered to vote, if you do not have the forms and do not know where to go, there are many, many, many resources online, Instagram posts, Facebook posts that you can consult. Let me just round this out with a report from the PCIJ, the Philippine Center for Investigative Journalism. If you want to follow along, grab a browser and key in 16M, failed to vote for party list, comma, missed names on back of ballot. So let me just break this down for those who are uninitiated. Your ballot has two sides, front and back, duh. The front page is where you vote for, you know, the high offices mayor, so on and so forth. But the literally hundreds of party lists are on the back page. I guess some people, innocently enough, don't realize there's a back page, so they mark up the front, turn it in, and they leave. So to those people, please flip the page. But for those who do make it to the second page, there is a curious thing happening in this report dated August 14, 2019 by a Carol Ilagan. Ms. Ilagan is pointing out the undervote phenomenon. And what's interesting here is that election over election, the most recent elections in 2019 had a far greater undervote phenomenon than the prior. Specifically, she cites that in 2016, only 20.8% of people undervoted. And by undervote, she means certain positions were not filled in uh, certain, certain positions did not get marked pen to paper. Whereas in 2019, a whopping 37.37% undervoted. 
So that means election over election, less people are filling out their ballots completely. Surprisingly, it is that specific back page portion of the ballot, the one where in the party list group is chosen. That's where the most undervoting is happening. In fact, based on this study, only 58.14% of voters bothered to fill up the back page. This is where the action is. This is what we can do something about. To bring it back, 20% of the House of Representatives are elected from this process, the party list system. If in the last election, a little of half of the voters exercised that right, which means 40 plus percent of votes were lost. 2% of the popular vote gets a seat. That just blows my mind. The mere fact that only the people who were reached out to by certain party lists knew enough of this process to fill out their ballot completely. What am I pointing at? We, the opposition, and yes, I'm now drawing on tribes, we, the opposition, are woefully underinformed. If you look top to bottom of who is winning party list elections and how they are landing within the camp of the administration, what I'm seeing here is that ad pro-administration voters are filling out these ballots at a far better clip than those who are either undecided, in the middle, or hardcore opposition, such as myself. Sorry, spoiler alert, I am biased. Incidentally, when you look top to bottom of provinces who have undervoted, you're seeing a bigger growth of undervoting in places such as Pangasinan, Quezon, Bulacan, and the NCR, including Navotas, San Juan, and yes, Makati. Again, showing one of two potential things. One, more carelessness in these areas, i.e. people who failed to flip the back of the page. Or perhaps two, a lack of education compounded by a lack of care. So what can we do? We get informed, we get involved, we get organized. Flip that back page, make sure that gets filled out. Flip that back page, make sure it gets filled out. Now, let's just say that is every intent of yours. This is where the harder work starts. You know all of those posts you've been making about being upset about ABS-CBN and this and that, yada, yada, yada. Make a mental note, if not an actual physical note, of who votes where. What's so interesting to me is that certain Congress people who operate in certain social circles, maybe they're your friend or friends of your friends, tend to vote according to certain blocks. You have to vote in people based on how they vote on the issues. Not on their name, not on the name they hide behind, not on the purported associations they may have. You have to watch and listen very, very closely. I know I'm about to put on my tinfoil hat when I say this, but a lot of the things which are happening at the legislative, down to the stories and the PR and the way things are presented, are very closely tied together. So come election, if you make it to that back of that page, please make sure to vote and think about who you're voting for and think about the records of these people you're voting for. If 
all of this is far too complicated for you, then I suggest a very, very simple thing. Ask. Ask someone you trust. Talk to people about the elections. Hell, make a WhatsApp chat. Make, make, make a Telegram chat. Communicate. If it's too much of a bother to be paying attention to this super toxic news cycle, and I know it's turning me into a slightly more toxic person, but that's besides the point. If you don't want to deal with the bullshit and you don't want to follow the headlines, that's totally cool, but at least talk to people. Talk to other people, get ideas, get an understanding of what's happening. What does this stand for? What do you know about this? What have they done? If you don't get engaged, you're gonna get stuck in this little bubble where nothing you do matters and nothing that you take an action on will have any impact. You may think of it as unimportant to your day-to-day, but the reality is by not acting on certain things, well, this is how the ACTCISs of this world happen. So let's sum this up. Party list, a good thing, I would say. Has it been abused, bastardized, become a game? Absolutely. Can you and I do something having understood the rules of this game? Absolutely. I hope this has not been a poor use of your time. If you are baking bread or if you are running a 5K, I hope this kept you at pace and that the sound of my voice has not caused you to pass out, get bored spontaneously combust I'm gonna bring this to a close the next time we talk I'll probably get a lawyer or one of my more educated friends to come on here and comment but I hope this has been useful I'll find a way to put all of the reading material in the notes I don't know how I'm gonna get that to you but I think every time I read something I said where I read it from but let's close this and I'll talk to you next time sayonara